1: for dropping into the cast party join the cast and crew as they are distilled from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Fendrea and action Looking for ad-free episodes, exclusive behind the scenes content, or maybe even hilarious monthly one-shots? How about the best way to support your favorite D&D podcast, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee? Or maybe you just want to see Jet in some incredibly short shorts now that we've hit 150 patrons. Hop on over to patreon.com castparty right now and join the greatest community this side of the TTRPG world. You'll get access to backlogs of hilarious exclusive one-shots and behind-the-scenes info you won't find anywhere else. You'll also get an invite to our community Discord, where we host live listening parties with all of us for every single Cast Party episode, community-driven D&D games, livestreams, hangouts, and game nights. Patreon.com slash Cast Party. We'll see you there. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my alumni cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who only ever played one sport in high school, track and field. And that's really only because he didn't have to try out for it. He really, really loved the idea of doing the pole vault but when it came time for his first practice, just like his father, they set the bar too high and he failed. He did not return to track and field after that. Oh my god. Anna Brisbane.
3: <gasps> Blueberry Sky, elven druid actress who essentially grew up on the red carpet. She is no stranger to red carpet interviews or hitting pose after pose for photographers. But for her film, Screams in the Attic, after a needle machine emergency at the carpet factory, there was almost no red carpet. So the cast and crew thought for a moment that they would have to merely walk across the celebrity hand and footprints of the Chinese theater with no carpet beneath them. Gross. That is, until one of Blueberry's biggest fans, Gracie, who always arrives at premieres one to two hours early, heard of the news and ran home to where she had been preparing for this very moment. And she brought to the Chinese theater a 40 foot long red carpet she had been knitting over the past two years. So that is how the Screams in the Attic premiere had a fan roll out the carpet, hey. which reminds me of Fan Roll Dice, <laughs> the sponsor of today's episode. Get a ton of cute dice and D&D accessories at fanrolldice.com and get 10% off with the code Party. That's fanrolldice.com and 10% off with code Party.
4: Oh, that's, yeah, that's
1: incredible. beautiful. Yes, oh that, was, my that was very Lord. good. Nigel Deacon.
0: What in tarnation, Xander Gucci Supreme, who has never seen a rabbit in real life? He's not even aware of that fact, because why would he be? Like, rabbits aren't a rare animal. They're everywhere. How could he not have seen one in real life? But every time he went to a pet store, they were out of stock. Every time he went to someone's house and they had a pet rabbit, he was at the vet. In the wild, always hidden behind a tree or a bush. It almost feels like someone or something is trying to keep the rabbits away from him. (laughs) Does, does he think that they're a conspiracy no he knows rabbits. he doesn't know that he do, hasn't seen one in real life oh my god because like why would he oh think that god. he's never seen one like he knows rabbits exist he's seen them in pictures but he's never seen one in real life and he has no idea
2: <laughs> Vince Ferrino Jet the Boulder Chambers uh big burly heartthrob who has not been sleeping well lately mainly because he hasn't been able to do his nightly routine uh, that him and Pebbles typically do. They have a bedtime routine. Uh, usually starts at around 8 p.m. sharp. And what happens is he lets the little princess outside, waits for her to do her tinkle time. And then when she comes back in, they have to, of course, get the congratulatory snack. They then go to the bathroom where they do their face cleaning, hair brushing routine.
3: And tinkle time for Jet.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> After that, he helps brush her teeth and floss, and then he brings her to the bedroom where he puts her in her little princess castle bed. Then he puts on her Tempurpedic sleep mask, then lets her go sleepy, waits for her to start snoring away. Then he gets in bed, puts his Tempurpedic sleep mask on as well, and they wake up the next day and go through the morning routine.
1: Well, with that, let's talk about what happened last time. You stared down the face of death as you rushed towards the chained Tarasque in the Trial of Valor. Sebastian and Xander feared before they could make it cross the bridge. Blueberry atop Solus and Jet atop Pebbles charged towards the beast. Solus hit a scaly wall as it tried to fly right through the Tarasque’s form, but there were hints of something off. The tip of Solus's tail going right through the form as well as some dirt from Mold Earth doing the same. Jet slid underneath the terask atop pebbles and practiced his golf swing upwards toward the beast's tail. He made contact, shattering the magical puppet as red-robed mages dropped from inside the monster's form. You continued on to the trial of the selfless. Both Jet and Sander were scorched and frosted, though it didn't hurt either of them as much as one would expect. Turning the heavy wheels took some effort, but they held long enough for Sebastian and Blueberry to get through and put the immovable rod as a prop to allow the others to join them. You next were up against the trial of honesty. Professor Carvu was here along with scales on a table and a dwarven man with a large greatsword. Inside a zone of truth, you were all asked questions. Basic at the beginning, a little harder next, and then deep, personal questions using detect thoughts to probe through your pasts. Taking a moment to answer these questions and feel the feelings that arose, you're able to tip the scales and move on to the trial of insight.
3: What was the sword guy for there?
1: A murder scene with three witnesses (laughs) were easily disposed of by a zone of truth and asking, hey, did you kill that dead guy? Finally, you were split into two groups for the trial of teamwork. Solving a door puzzle using a cipher allowed you access to the next room where Jet and Sebastian were in a large maze and Blueberry and Xander had the layout. They guided you through to a treasure chest, avoiding a spike trap, to get rid of some smoking kobolds, disarm a trap, to run away from a large rat, and to another treasure chest guarded by three piles of ooze. Jet froze them with his dragon's breath while Sebastian grabbed the coin. You were then reunited with each other as you had to use your various skills to hit four pressure plates around a room to open up a door, leading Jet to be partially covered in oil. A long flame-filled hallway stood before you where Xander teleported to the other side and made the flames much smaller, allowing for Blueberry to get to the other end, hit the remaining pressure plates and marked the end of the challenge. Professor Carvu told you to go to the Starweavers for your reward and to decide on next steps, but left you to bask in your fame you signed autographs and met with many university students, including Kingsley. Matthias and him will be waiting for you in the university later tonight, but they urged you to go see the Starweavers. You headed there and were guided into the council chambers. Now you stand inside the semicircular table with all five Starweavers looking at you, glowing stars embedded into the ceiling above. And so the scene is set. The question is... Did you fare well?
3: super well, I think. Flying colors?
1: Yes, they were successful.
3: A plus?
1: A success. And that is what matters. We look forward to working together. From now on, Veroso, Madison is the one speaking with you generally, Veroso will be in charge of determining how you can help us with the magistrate and the defense of Helios as a whole. You can meet with him alone shortly. First, we would like to ask how we can assist you. And to do so, and he gestures to Master Akeen, Master Akeen would like some information. You can also speak with him alone in just a moment. You're looking for the Lost Plane. You're from there.
2: Or so we think.
1: How did you get here in the first place?
2: Some purple portal.
1: No connections to the Lost Plane have been made in nearly 50 years. Where did the portal come from?
3: Somehow, someone got words to a spell, and they read them thinking that they were just a pretend spell. But surprise, it was real!
1: Who said this spell? Oh, you've got him right here, my guy. <laughs> do, 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 do we really want to say that? I mean, they're teaching him for a reason, right?
2: Uh, yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. What if they find this kind of bad?
1: Then they wouldn't be teaching him. Matthias has got us back.
2: All right, all right. Yeah, it was him
1: him?
0: Kingsley slash Maynard? I don't know what you know him
1: as. I don't know either of these names. Great. I must know.
2: How long had he been a mage before? Zero. Yeah. None <laughs> of this is things that happen back on Earth.
3: Yeah, we literally don't have mages.
2: No magic. No nothing.
1: Master Akeen looks interested, starts stroking his chin. A mage from the Lost Plane. No prior experience. To be able to break through the clouded barrier between the worlds must have been magnificent. Wait a second. Did you say that some... you had a connection to the Lost Plane like 50 years ago? What happened 50 years ago? Oh, it was the summer of
3: 69.
1: Did you... did you receive something? Someone? What sort of contact did you have? Master Akeen looks over to Veroso, and Veroso looks back. The Lost Plane wasn't always lost.
2: Fifty years ago, it was shut away. How was it shut? And for what purpose? How was the connection made to begin with?
3: And how long was it open?
1: I have a very important question. This mage, a naturally born mage from the Lost Plane, how
2: old is he?
4: Is he 50?
2: Yeah. Wait. Have any of you met his parents before?
3: Uh, remember when I told you guys he's that lost baby?
1: You did say that, Blue. And that's all, That's being pieced together right here, right now. And Veroso eyes the other Starweavers. Madison speaks up. We would like to meet this Maynard, if that could be arranged. Call him up. He's at the school, right?
2: Yeah, I think we can do that. We just gotta go go to the school real fast. What would you like with him, though?
1: He may be an important person.
3: You're not gonna hurt him. He's not in trouble or anything, is he?
1: I'm afraid to say he might be. With you? Not from us. Oh, okay. He may be very important to specific people. Specific people who would want him... Dead. And if that is a target that is being put on Helios, we need to know that. And Verosa pipes up, we need to know that
2: immediately. I, th- I think he's wanted just as much as we are right now.
1: Where's safer place for him than up here?
3: Can you tell us more about what happened 50 years ago?
1: Master Akeen pipes up. Well, 50 years ago, there was a battle between Alana the Flame, who I believe, with your history with the Magistrate, you at least know some about. A little bit. As well as a very powerful mage known as Kianopa. Where this battle took place, we're not sure. It is said that Kianopa had a child. From what we believe, that child was sent somewhere away from Fendrea. That child has not been found on any of the other planes, magical signatures of that child, anything relating to it. So the Magistrate, as well as most people here, believe that that child is on the Lost Plane. Kionopa, before she perished, is most likely to be the one who has hidden the Lost Plane. Oh, it was her who closed off the connection. It happened the same day as their battle. Didn't wait. Someone said... Remember when we were investigating? Um, I should start with this. We know where the battle took place. Um, back to you guys. Didn't someone say where? Hold on, Blue. I think you were, you were the one investigating her body, or at least like the magic around it. Didn't you sense like some sort of portal, but there was no sign of a portal? Yeah.
0: Do you guys have like, a, like a direct history with Kianopa? Like, were, was anyone here friendly with her, knew her?
1: I don't believe, and looks to either direction, I don't believe any of us ever met her. We had been in the air long since. Well,
0: we don't have any information to corroborate with that, because in the time that we've known her, she has clearly not been around. We uh, We were doing some investigations up at the Evergem up north, following a a trail of someone that was escaping up there, but we ended up getting kind of brought up into this uh, mix of things with Kianopa and her other half is like our working theory. Alana. Alana? Yeah, so we're, we're still kind of piecing things together, but Kianopa's body is down there. It's like under a butcher shop. Up in the Evergem area, and we think potentially Kianopa and Ilana are two halves of the same
1: whole—twinsies.
0: Former celestial.
1: And why would you have
0: this theory? Divination, maybe. I don't know. There's a dude that could uh, see like the history of events based on magic sight and a pigeon.
1: And he saw them come from one another, split in two?
3: Yeah. Was Kianopa first or was Ilana first?
1: Oh, I don't remember. I remember there was just like a big explosion and then whoever wasn't there just popped up.
0: There was also a uh, like an enormous celestial being.
1: That she killed? Yeah. And you see the eyes go wide. They look at each other. Mistra.
3: Mistra?
1: Hmm. Goddess. Goddess of what exactly? She was known as the mother of all magic.
4: Oh, that's not good.
1: The power of Mistra has not been seen in decades. No one believed her to be dead.
2: Surprise.
3: We saw her skeleton.
2: That is interesting. What kind of power did she have, though? I mean, if she created all magic, would that be any different from what's here now? She has enough
1: power to split one person into two.
2: And now Alana has that power.
1: I'm going to make an intelligence check for Master Akeen. It's a 29. Whoa! Wow. Oh, boy. If I had to entertain a guess, this first being, Alana, she was probably working with Mistra for some unknown reason. She had obtained the goddess's favor and she was to gain her power. Something went wrong during this ritual, and instead of bolstering herself, she was split in two. This must have taken a lot out of Mistra at the time, and whoever killed her.
0: So to kind of compound with that. Kianopa's body is still down there and it's still like fresh.
3: Preserved but headless.
0: Yeah. Like there's no sign of decay.
1: And no sign of the head?
2: No, Correct. Nowhere to be seen.
1: We, We had a theory that Alana took it because if she had her head that she might be able to like take the power that was Kianopa's and finally get it all for herself
2: but what i don't get from this too is if if they took the head from her how is mistra completely dead i i thought gods were immortal did she put her immortality into into alana or I, i i don't i don't understand how this can happen are all of your gods in this plane immortal or no
1: sebastian looks at xander
2: uh clearly not
0: we kind of have first-hand experience with that.:
3: Were those gods?
0: They're not gods, are they?
1: Oh, that was my understanding. Am I wrong?: I feel like they had to be.:
3: What is a god, really?
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> gods can be killed, though the death of a god is once in a lifetime. Then
2: how is a god born? I think you may have witnessed it.
0: Uh, hey, yo.
2: <laughs> how could that be?
0: When a when a mommy god and a daddy god really love each other. <laughs> <Santa>. <laughs> no, clearly
3: they don't need a daddy god. Well, it just boop.
0: I feel like we kind of got off track from what the original question was.
1: Can I see the staff you have? This is Master Akeen. Sure. Yeah. I would like to do some tests. Yeah. We
3: actually would really like to get rid of it. <laughs> Destroy it. um, Throw it to another plane. Anything.
1: But we're pretty sure they can track that staff, so maybe not anymore because we're so high up in the air.
0: weren't they using the dog though?
3: They might have another dog.
0: But they don't. Dogs don't like hive mind their scent receptors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for informing us. If we could speak with Kingsley, that would be very helpful. In the meantime, we would like to help you find the lost plane. That was our part of the bargain, as long as you uphold yours. We congratulate you again in showing your prowess during the trials. You have proven not only your ability to assist, but also your ability to be extremely dangerous. From now on, when you are in the palace, Veroso will accompany you to show you where you may need to go and to keep an eye on you.
3: Babysitter.
1: Very much so. Master Akeen will see you first, as he is rather excited to learn on how he can assist in finding the lost plane. Then, you will go to see Erki for your rewards. And then, Veroso will bring you to his planning room to determine how you may begin to fulfill your end of our bargain in protecting Helios.
4: Sounds good. Before
2: we do this, do you promise nothing bad will happen to Kingsley when we bring him to you?
1: When you bring him to us, nothing bad will happen.
2: He will not be physically harmed in any way. He will not.
3: I don't sense that they have bad intentions toward him.
2: Okay.
1: Our job is to protect our people. And Veroso nods. We're going to protect anyone on Helios we can. But the magistrate is a formidable enemy. Yeah, we know. Yeah. So, shall we? And he gets up from his chair. You know that Master Keen, he's this older high elf male. His face has these wrinkles, especially around his eyes. He moves slowly out of his chair, and he stands with a bit of a struggle. But as he begins to move, you see he does a small hand motion, and he's got this thin wooden staff, and his feet and the staff just barely levitate off the floor. And then he just moves quickly towards a door off the council chambers and opens it. He doesn't even walk, just glides low along the surface of the ground, gestures you to follow him.
3: Oh, oh,
1: okay. Okay. All right. Ooh, speedy boy.
3: Can you teach me how to do that?
1: Veroso heads up the rear as he follows along. You head down a long hallway. It's adorned with beautiful mirrors. There are intricately carved statues made from different precious stones. Some are made from wood, some wireframe artwork made from thin rods of metal. They hang from the walls and ceilings of this corridor, and Master Akeen opens a door just to his left. He enters and leads you inside a large laboratory. There's these large tanks of varying liquids that are connected to each other, some boiling over and leading to the release of steam into the room, making the room rather hot. There are glowing orbs of magical light, some caged with what look like magical tethers. There's these varying crystals of different sizes, shapes, colors, all laid out onto a table. They seem to be organized very neatly, though you can't even tell by quick glance how they're organized. You can also see a stone archway that leads to a large stone orb, like a giant igloo, tall enough for you to walk inside of. The entrance of this stone archway is connected to a device on a table that seems to have an open space for something to be like placed in it. And Master King kind of just floats over to a table that he's got some stuff set at. He places his rod down. So you want to find the lost plane. Do you have something that has spent a long time there that you wouldn't mind me taking for a few days? Someone give him his, your, your phone.
3: Uh, but I love my phone. Do you have any more mixtapes?
1: We could, Jeb, we could do your phone. That's probably been around a lot longer than mine. I mean. Look at that ancient tablet.
2: It's not that old. It's a flip phone, bro. It, so what? You could still go buy a flip phone. Okay, so <laughs> go buy another and give him yours. <sighs> God. I'll give him my flip phone.
1: He grabs it, looks at it curiously. You can almost see his eyes widen, and almost like the pupils are being controlled to widen and expand. You can even see different glow of color in his eyes. Depending on how hidden the plane really is, this may take some time. You also have the staff of the magistrate woman. Mm-hmm. Do you need that now? Please.
4: Yeah.
0: I'm open up the bag.
1: You take it out of the bag, you hand it to him and he grabs it and starts waving his hands over it. You can see different colors come from his hand go to the staff and much of them on the rod of the staff don't seem to do much. They seem to bounce off the same color. But as he waves these, it almost looks like a powder, like a fog. As he waves it over the gem, they pop back and completely ice blue and some black. Just these little streams of fog. Well, the crystal is for sure cursed, though I do not know what cursed it. This gem, however, has properties many of its like do not possess. It is linked to another plane. What plane? Telltale signs of Yucatol. Also known as the Frozen Forest. Whoa.
4: Hmm. It's
1: like Narnia. It is a plain of cold and ice. Fire won't burn the way it does here. Once you set foot there, if you aren't prepared, you'll be losing limbs within the hour. Shelter is scarce. Those with it are not often willing to share it with strangers. Things get violent often when people are fighting for their lives due to the weather. This could be useful if we could break the curse. We don't have to go there, right? You may. Oh God. Ah! I hate the cold. Planes are ever moving, though tendrils are always connecting. If you want to find a plane, you need to figure out where those tendrils lead. And if we want to find the lost plane, we will need to take something that spent time there. And he holds up the phone. And if I can outfit it correctly, you would have to take it to a few different ley lines. On different planes. Doing so, we should be able to triangulate the position of the lost plane. And Yucatán just so happens to be a very easy plane to get to if we can decurse this gem.
2: What's it going to take to do that? Can we just do a simple spell on it or something?
1: True love's kiss. I volunteer. I don't know if it would be that easy, but if you could let me see it for a few days, I may be able to make something out of it.
3: Yeah, I'm looking around at everyone else, sure.
2: Xander shrugs. Like, what else do we got? How, how many days do you think? Is, is this going to take weeks, months, or maybe two days?
1: I would hope days. I don't have much else going on at the moment, so this will take my full attention. I do think this would be useful, because if we can break the curse, I can send you to Yucatol. I even have some friends there who owe me a favor. Should be very easy to get you to a ley line there.
2: What might we find in Yucatan?
1: Cold. Very cold.
4: Yeah, you said that. Oh.
1: If you're prepared, it is bearable. And some use it as a vacation. You can see he's got this smile on his face like he just made a joke that none of you got. Uh-huh. Like for skiing?
0: Yes. I mean, that makes sense. People go to like Aspen or whatever. Like Aspen, they go up to the the Montana.
1: What do you suggest we do in the meantime? I mean, we're kind of, I guess not stuck up here, but we're here. Is there anything else we should do in the coming days? You hear Veroso from behind you. Yes. Okay. We'll get there. Are you done here, Akeen? I believe so. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Sir. Professor. Sir xander like bows he doesn't know how to interact with (laughs) with people in power that he likes i
3: guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) hello my friend my name's sean and i want to end your suffering no not like that with meditation in my new podcast mindfulness for gamers each episode i'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. You guys start to leave, and Veroso starts to lead you to Airkey. This is a location also in this palace here on the Cosmic Isle, You are guided down a few hallways off the more secluded corner of the palace. And just as you round a corner, you see a door that is decorated much differently than the other locations throughout the palace. The palace itself is very extravagant, but with more like a modern aesthetic and a lot of intricate carvings and stonework. This door has these expertly placed vines that are in like a spiraling pattern and an arching pattern, almost like a fingerprint on the door. There's hanging lanterns outside, a big stained glass window. Veroso walks up, knocks twice on the door and enters. Entering, you see a magical workshop. Very haphazard and crazy. There's hanging plants and vines crawling across the beams of the ceiling. There's these orbs of various color that are just helping light magical contraptions that are making these like ticking noises and moving slowly about. There's a small table here stacked high with plans and sheets of paper. Most things here have some sort of clutter on them, except a small table with a cage where there is a small hedgehog. There's also a dwarven man here. He looks slightly different than the last time you saw him during the Trial of Honesty. Ah. He has that bald head, short luscious beard, pretty handsome man. He currently does not have those red robes on and has these big goggles covering his eyes. And as you enter, he looks up and the goggles seem to zoom in on you and they extend like a telescope as he walks over to Xander. I saw those during the trial. Where did you get those? And he grabs at your pocket, Xander. Ah, you've already gotten it today. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, hold up. My pants? I, I guess I got them today. I got them every day.
1: Where did you get the pants?
0: From a room? (laughs) <laughs> i
1: have not seen these in 15 years
0: oh so they're vintage Sheesh, all right that's cool <laughs> uh I, wait sorry what do you mean you haven't seen do you know these pants like this brand
1: did you check the tag
0: no we were too busy arguing over it i we just i just put them on <laughs> how
2: did xander never check the tag
0: because they looked like gucci to him that's why <laughs> He knew they were Gucci when he put them on.
1: You pull out the back of the waistband and you check the tag, and it has the name Erky, E-R-K-Y. My name is Erky, and he does a little bow and reaches his hands up for a greeting. And I dap him up. He's much smaller because he is a dwarf, so you're able to grab him, pull him in real easy. Erky was created by St. E-Love over on Patreon. Hey, let's go. So. Did you get the presents? Where are the mittens? The, the mittens are your fault? Yes.
0: Shit, I got, I got one of those stuck on my hand twice, right? Yeah. That shit would not come
2: off.
1: It was it was a big hindrance, I'll tell you. Twice.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the first pair didn't come off for, like, the longest time. It was just on my, my one hand.
0: It just, like, we could not get it off. And then the same thing happened again. I had to, I mean, it felt like I did something like removing a curse when I pulled it off.
1: Well, of course it felt like a hindrance. You need both of them to make the magic work. God damn it. One mitten doesn't help. So if
3: you pulled two out at different times, they could be
1: good? Yes. He comes over and he grabs a pair of, they look like the Bernie mittens, but they aren't mittens anymore. They're actually form fitted to his hands and he puts them on.
0: Are they just stylish? Because, like, they look sick, but...
2: What do they do? What's... what's? How could they be better than the mittens that he had before when all they did were just be a pain in the ass?
1: Watch this! And he grabs just, like, a random coin, and he does the thing where he, like, flips the coin between all the fingers, and then he takes the glove off and tries it again and immediately drops the coin. Huh! <gasps> so it just... Huh. Make you more dexterous? Yes. I mean, they keep you nice and warm, and everyone loves when you're wearing them.
2: We are going to a very cold place, apparently. Yeah, but how are we going to get another another set of them? It's going to take days.
1: Oh, I sell them here. Oh, there we go. I am here to assist you. Oh, our prizes. So? Oh, you want those now. That's why we're here. I am supposed to give you something to assist you. I have some wares here for purchase if you so choose. Nice. I think I have something that would work well for each of you. If you choose to decline, I do also have potions which should make you better at something. Okay. All right,
2: cool, cool.
1: Sounds good. Who would like to go first?
2: Sebastian, you seem pretty excited. I'm always down
1: for a prize, let's go. I saw this contraption and he points to the daisy. Oh, the guitar, yeah.
3: Do you not have guitars here?
1: Yeah, what, what do you guys call it, a, a leer Loot? A loot? Liar, loot? It does look like a big liar, but- I got more strings. More strings, it's sort a of wider body. That's how I like them. How does it work? Same as the other thing. But you cast magic. Apparently. And you use this. It sure helped. All right. And he moves over, and you see he grabs this large leather belt that you can see recently had some pieces changed on either side. He throws it to you. I don't know if this will fit my pants. It looks like it should help keep the guitar around your body. Oh, a new strap! Yeah, this one's raggedy. Or if you'd like, I also have a potion of progress. So you can choose the magic item presented to you or the potion of progress for free. Sebastian, this is a strap for Daisy. Nice. You can see that it has a magical feel to it as you put it around Daisy and it fits to your body, it feels like Daisy fits a little closer, fits really comfortably, and you feel a little bit of a warmth through it, as well as it just feels like it amplifies the magical feeling of her strings. This is a plus two spell casting focus. Whoa. As you put it on, you feel like the strap covers a decent portion of your back and it almost feels like as you tense up, it extends outward to cover your back. This will also give you plus one to your armor class.
4: Ooh, interesting. That's so nice.
1: A potion of progress gives you plus one to any stat of your choosing. Oh, shit. Up to a maximum of 20. So you can choose the strap or the potion. I also have potions for sale, if you would like afterward. Ooh, okay. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, the strap... It's real nice. It's nice and snug. I think I want to keep this. Then I don't have to take it off either. Next. Me. Ah, blueberry. Shape changer. Uh huh. I saw this here. He points to your little bracelet ring combo. Can I see that gem there?
3: Uh, yeah.
1: And he walks over and he puts it down and he's looking at it and he has another gem and he starts carving at the gem. It takes a few minutes, but it looks almost identical to the other one in shape, though this one is green, and you can see it's got these vines on the inside of it. What is that? And he puts it right back in, and this is the gem of the ancient vines. It will give you plus two to your attacks and damage while in wild shape. (gasps) It is a plus two spellcasting focus. (laughs) Oh. Oh. While attuned to it, or while you are wearing it, you can now wild shape into a vine blight.
2: Uh, what is that? The that?
1: In this form, you can still cast spells. Oh my god. And every time a spell of level three or higher is cast, while you're shaped as a vine blight, you can send 1d8 healing within 100 feet of you.
4: Yo! Whoa.
0: <laughs> That's so sick.
3: What? It is so pretty.
1: <laughs> or I have the potion. No! This is the most <laughs> beautiful thing I've ever seen! Next.
2: You're up, big guy. I don't I don't think I need much, but
1: Well, you've already seen this. So and he goes over and grabs that big great sword Ooh. Uh, that you saw earlier. Uh-huh. Try this out. This is the sword of truth. It is a plus two great sword. That perpetually casts zone of truth within a five foot radius. Oh. Forever?
0: No one can fake an orgasm. <laughs> I don't know why that's <laughs> where my brain
1: went to first. What's that?
0: Holy
4: also, shit. You have
2: <laughs> the I sword don't. within five feet.
3: Yeah, minutes. are you just
0: <laughs> clutched
2: on well, the back? Yeah, it's freaking cool. <laughs> oh my God. If
0: you have a sword you're not having sex with, Uh, With it on, I don't.
2: (laughs) Who said that Jets even having sex
1: with anybody right now, huh? Jets sheathing more than just one weapon. Do not have sex without protection. If you have this, you will auto fail deception checks. Oh. Mm, Okay. 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 Every attack you deal an extra 1d6 radiant damage. Sick. How does it feel in my hands? It does feel like it would be hard to be using Charlotte's protection without her activated. A greatsword is a two-handed weapon.
2: This feels pretty nice. I'll keep it in hand and go over to Sebastian, just grab onto him and say, what do you think about this? Do you think it looks good? I mean, I don't know. I kind of think when I have it in hand, it makes my butt look bigger, but that's just me. What do you think?
1: I think that all of that is true. You're very clenched while you're holding that. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs)
2: and i'll put it on my back and you sir xander hi
1: may i please see that and he looks at your camera uh all right please be careful
0: with it and i'll take the strap off my neck and put the camera down
1: he is immediately infatuated with it he's pressing buttons which he probably shouldn't be my apertures my settings I have never seen a spellcasting focus like this. I mean, it's just a cannon. Doesn't even have a barrel. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks somewhat hard to use at times. And I think I have something for it. He hands it back to you and he rushes over. In the corner, you can see is a large crossbow. And he grabs the crossbow and he's spinning it. And then he takes it off of a tripod and he puts the crossbow down and he grabs the tripod and rushes it over. Would you like to try this? Throw it on and wow, it feels good. Fits perfectly. You're able to move with it relatively easily. The tripod extends. With this camera tripod, Xander, this will allow you to use the sharpshooter feet with Eldritch Blast. Holy Jesus, dude.
4: That's disgusting. That's sick.
0: You know, I was, I was so mad that when we ended up here, I didn't have my tripod with me. This is coming in clutch. Xander was not even paying attention to the rest of that shit. He was just, he a just wants a tripod. Yeah. He just
4: wants a muggle tripod. <laughs> yeah.
1: Damn, bro. Thank you. These are your gifts from the Star Weavers. Thank you, Star Weavers. Thank you, Star Weavers. If you all would like anything else, it won't be for free. But I have a few other things I can give you.
0: Yo, can I see those gloves?
1: Yeah, we're rolling around in cash right now. He has two potions of progress for sale. Those are a thousand gold each. Oh, God. Oh, boy. There is the Mask of the Martyr. You would be resistant to necrotic damage. When one of your allies takes damage, you can take up to half of that damage as a reaction.
3: What's it look like?
1: Is it like Phantom of the Opera style? I was thinking fan of the opera, though. The top is more of a crown and it's only up to nose and above. So it's more like a masquerade mask. That's kind of sick. With this, if you take half the damage as a reaction, the allies next instance of damage deals an additional 2d10 radiant damage. Ooh, dang. Wow. Sick. If you die, <laughs> every ally within hundred feet heals 10 times your level but you cannot be brought back by anything less than a true resurrection spell. Oh. Oh. Whoa. Okay.
3: You can bring people back from the dead? That's a thing? Well, sort of. And this true resurrection is like an ultra powerful kind?
1: There, what? I've never met someone that can do it. Oh. Oh, oh my interesting. God. Interesting.
0: Goals. All right. I'm setting my sights on that one.
1: Xander, get out of here. It's mine. I'll fight you for it.
0: No, no. I'm. Just, I set on learning that spell. Oh, oh, No, okay. You can have the mask. Okay,
1: okay. So I, we're on the different pages. Someone's gonna have to bring you back, bro. If you're
0: buying the mask and you kill yourself, like I got you. Good
1: call. Good call. Teamwork. Then he shows you the Bernie mittens. You would become proficient in sleight of hand checks as well as thief tools. If you're already proficient, you gain expertise.
2: Oh my god.
1: You would be resistant to cold damage as long as you're wearing the gloves. And while you're wearing them, you gain plus one charisma. Gibbs, Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I had one for each hand and I just threw them into the river.
4: Oh <laughs> my <laughs> God. I
1: just... Truly. He also has escape artist dice. They're 50 gold each. It's a bonus action to throw. You can throw within 60 feet of you. You roll a D6. Whether you roll a one or two, a large cloud of fog comes out, a three or four. Slippery, stinky fish come out, and it's difficult terrain and gross. Five or six is poison gas. You can see through it, but damn, does it hurt.
3: Ooh. Oh my God.
1: Those are 50 gold each, and then he sells greater healing potions, which are 44 plus four for 200 gold each. The mask of the martyr is 1,500. Oh. oh. The Bernie mittens are 1,000. Ah.
2: Did Hey, did we divvy up that 800 that we got? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think so.
1: We did that during behind the scenes. Our after show where we talk about the show at patreon.com slash Not to mention, you could be like Saint E. Love who created Airkey and make the show your own. You can add NPCs. You can add magic items. You can add whatever you want. You can request. I mean, Helios, the name, who's brought by someone else. Some of your favorite characters like Fable. And Jatoba.
3: Whoa. Yeah.
1: All from Patreon people. So patreon.com slash Come join us. Say it. Say it, Colin. Say it. Bitch. There it is.
3: Everyone put how much gold you have in the chat. Ugh. Cause I feel like we're gonna have to combine forces or something. So,
4: okay,
1: here's, here's my argument for why
2: you all should buy me the mask. Before you even say anything, Jet just takes his bag of money and just throws it on the table. And he says, here, have fun guys. And he walks outside and just hands <laughs> out with pebbles. <laughs> how much gold? It is 380 gold
1: perfect that's one less person to convince um jet you see that veroso as you walk by he just snaps his fingers and another magical veroso starts following
2: you come on let's hang out buddy you wanna go for a ride can you give me a persuasion check jet (laughs) yeah Nat 20. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: This is the one, this is where you get it? Of all things, this illusory Veroso jumps up on the back of Pebbles while you're outside the palace and Pebbles is just trotting around while you guys are shopping. Good view from up here, isn't it? <laughs> okay, okay. When we get into a kerfuffle, I'm always in the back and no one ever touches me. So, like, if I can help Jet not take as much, like, I'll, I'll take a little bit of it, and then if he's doing some more crazy damage on top of that, look at this new sword he's got anyway. My dude's gonna be, like, slashing people up left and right. Yeah. And if, if that's just me taking a little bit of his hurt, I'm fine with that. I'll drop my whole 791 on that, if, if anyone can take up the, the last little bit.
3: I'll put 250 in for... The mask. I guess I'll make it a solid three hundred. I'll put three hundred in for the mask.
0: Xander, what is how? What's our total right now? Twenty six eighty five. Twenty six eighty five. Yeah, we can get the mittens and the the mask. I'm down for that. Xander is no no uh, stranger to being broke, so he's all in. He's already pushed his money into the pot.
1: Uh, excuse me. If if we give you. All of the money that we have right now, can we have one potion added on there too, of progress? No, 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 no. Just a greater healing potion. Oh, yeah, nice. I got us a fifteen gold discount, guys. <laughs> oh <What>? my god, <laughs> <laughs> dude! <God. laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry. What he was what he was talking about was a potion and a die, a, a dice.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. Did I not say that? Uh, one of you give me a persuasion check with advantage. 29. How about we play a game? I love games. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give you this, and he holds up a regular die. It is a D8. Okay. I will roll this, and he shows you a D6. If you roll higher than me, however many you roll above, I will give you that many dice, as well as the extra healing potion.
4: Okay. Huh.
1: Xander? I trust you.
0: Okay, I can, I can, sure.
1: I got a six. I got a one.
4: Oh!
1: Hey! Let's go! Let's go. He grabs you the Mask of the Martyr, the Bernie Mittens, a greater healing potion, and then he has five escape dice in his hand. Or do you want another potion? Three dice in a potion. Two. Two dice in a potion. That's what I said.
4: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So it gives you two potions, <laughs> two dice, mask of the martyr, and Bernie mittens for all of your gold. Oh my god! Good shopping, guys. We did it. Let's go
0: tell Jet we wasted all of our money. No, no, no. We we haggled all of our right, money. right. We yeah. got a deal. We got a deal.
3: Who's carrying the potions and dice?
0: I I will
1: give everything up. I just want the mask.
0: We should definitely give one potion and one die to Jet because he's always in the middle of some kerfuffles. True.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I want one dice.
0: You can have the other dice. One of the three of us should hold the other potion in case Jet isn't conscious enough to sip his potion.
1: I feel like you'd be able to get in there easier than I would be. I can do that. Or maybe I should have it because I'm taking some of his damage now. I don't That's It's up to you. Oh, that's a good call. You take the other one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you guys finish up with Erky and Veroso nods towards the door, Blueberry, with your passive perception, you're looking around this very intricate, very full room and you notice a flower that you recognize. Oh my God, Fable. The same type of flower that hides Fable's shops.
3: Do you know Fable?
1: (gasps) Fable, my most illustrious student. (gasps) <gasps> Student, do you have anything of hers? Yeah. I have my diadem of perceived innocence. I have my glass dagger. If you see Fable again, please tell her I said hello. Okay. Absolutely. Actually. And he just scratches behind his ear. She says hi.
3: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Oh, hey. Hi Fable.
3: Does she still have that squirrel? Cinnamon? Yeah.
1: Ooh. She sold it. <gasps> oh no, how could she?
4: Yee!
1: Apparently, Cinnamon burnt down portion of her shop, so she discounted. Dang! It went like that! The shopper, Cinnamon.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what was your name again?
0: Uh, it's in my pants.
1: Sandra <laughs> pulls out the waistband.
3: They, yeah, thank you.
1: Alright, let's, uh,. Um, Ferroso, uh, on to the next one. Aye. I'll bring your friend. Ferroso heads out the door. Ferroso heads you back through to the council chambers. They are now empty and across to another room. As he opens the door, you see a much brighter room. Magical flames lit along the walls that don't crackle or burn. They barely even dance unless a gust of wind happens to move them slightly. They seem very still. This room is mostly plain, nothing extravagant. One of the walls is filled with a large map of Fendrea. There are small markers placed in various cities. Some you can tell are like magistrate locations from the looks of it. The center of this room has a large wooden table that is filled with scrolls, piles of paper, quills, ink, letters, some written in signs, others just torn open or torn in half in general and Veroso takes a stand at the table. Helios cannot move forward with necessary advancements to things like defense or offense right now. Our first priority in regards to the Magistrate would be getting them away from us, out from underneath Nearlith entirely. We can't do that right now. Not when I'm trying to prevent a riot or mutiny from the people on our own lands. That is for sure where the Magistrate would target us, and perhaps is.
0: Why why is there a mutiny happening?
1: Food. Oh, right, 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 right. And drugs. Oh. Drugs. drugs. Oh, shit. We have more than the food problems in Helios. A drug from the ground has made its way here. It's tainting the minds of the low class, causing them to be reliant on it. They call it crypt. I'm not sure where it comes from, but I have found someone selling it. We need to figure out where it's being synthesized or how it's getting onto Helios before a riot breaks out. Okay, all right. Here, read this. And he begins passing out a set of papers. It seems like they're copies of all of the same thing. And he gives one to each of you. And as you begin reading, you hear in your mind, don't bother reading. Just keep your eyes moving on the paper. There are eyes and ears everywhere in this palace. I have reason to believe not all the Starweavers are who they seem. Don't trust anyone here, no matter if they seem trustworthy.
0: Does that include you?
1: Yes. As you see, and he starts talking out loud, this dealer sells out of a house on Backbone Island. It's supposed to look abandoned and boarded up, but knock as it says on the paper, and they will come to the door. Figure out if he's the only drug dealer or where the drug is coming from. I recommend waiting until tomorrow morning. From what i understand he tends to sell early you you got it this isn't our first rodeo with something like this but the first one was definitely on accident so that's only one way to help win back the people here we have to fix the food problem right now we are importing only fish and those are going to the wealthy the commoners eat rodents and magically created food not exactly luxury when you're fed mass-created berries or stew. I am looking into alternatives, larger shipments from other portions of Ventrea, or more importantly, a way to farm what we need here on Helios. But those take time, and Carvu is always wary of changing importers. For now, the drugs.
4: Mhm.
3: Can you remind me what happened to cause the the land issue? The rot? Where did that come from?
2: Umtar. Oh, so why can't we just fix it? We've tried. It's a curse or something. I
1: don't know what he did to anger whatever causes the rot. It worked for some time on Helios, and I'm talking almost 100 years. We had a university dedicated to it. It was studied. I was a professor at that university. We were studying how to make it work more efficiently But Umtar and his ego wanted to prove that he could make this place better. And he tainted what was working well.
3: It was an accident?
1: It was arrogance that led to an accident. Ooh.
2: He fucked up. So let's make him unfuck it.
1: He probably not allowed back. Umtar's been exiled.
3: How long ago was that?
1: Six years. Has the, um,
0: the rot spread at all, or is it pretty much, like, where it is is where it
1: is?
3: Like that island.
1: It was part of Anchor Island. It could have taken all of Anchor Island with it. We had enough professors and students who were strong enough to break that portion of the island off. That rot didn't stop.
2: There's no way it can make it to the other islands. Not now. That's now. What about in the future? You need to plan for that as well. Have you Have you guys even thought of that? We have plans in place. What, are you just going to drop another island off?
1: If that's what has to be done, yes. But the, we have precautions to prevent that.
2: Doing that could kill so many. What if your precautions don't work? You're just going to let thousands of people die?
3: What else can they do, Jet? What do you suggest?
2: Oh, maybe we have Umtar come back. Maybe we have him do more studies on it. Try to figure Umtar out- Untar has failed Helios enough. Just one time? And that's enough? Have you given him a chance to undo this?
3: You think Untar is any more powerful than anyone else here trying to fix it?
2: He was the one that started it. Maybe he has a better idea than others. What what harm is it gonna do to let him do more studies on it?
3: Uh, I think they're aware of what more harm could be done. <laughs> and that's what they're trying to prevent.
2: I will
0: not
1: allow Umtar back to Elias.
0: We'll table that for now, cause like we'll probably have to circle back to it. And I, I mentioned like us looking at that when we when we first met. So maybe we take a look at it after we deal with this other more pressing matter. I guess drugs first. Drugs first. first. I had a lot of friends back in college that had that same mentality. Mm-hmm.
3: Do we not have that stuff from that stuff from the crates?
0: Is it like this?
1: Because I had I had the grave dust. Yeah, grabs it from you, Sander. <sighs> he sighs, and you brought more
0: of it up here. To be fair, I forgot that I had it in my bag until you brought up <laughs> crypt. Um, you
3: uh, TSA.
0: <laughs> we had our our first like week down here. We got coerced by a dealer, and we thought it might be useful to bribe someone sorry this is uh it's unused you can have it you can put it in the toilet just flush that down (laughs) but it's all yours bro
1: come back to me tomorrow with any information regarding the drugs and their source we need to stop the spread and stop the death it brings along with it aye aye captain okay okay as we're walking out i whisper to xander speaking of toilets where does it all go up here that should be another pressing matter.
0: They they have they have magic probably. Maybe it just they just poof it into the bottom of the ocean.
1: Like our bucket? But to a direct source?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck it, bucket. Honestly, we should leave that here for them.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't we're not here to solve their plumbing problems, all right? <laughs> you're right? You're right. I'm getting ahead of myself. One
1: problem at a time. <laughs> You guys head back out to the front of the palace and you have the rest of the day to yourselves. It's about like 3 p.m. Is there anything you would like to do?
0: Sit for the rest of the day.
1: We want to go to like a fancy restaurant while we're in the nice part of
2: town.
0: Sebastian, we are broke as fuck right now. You're right. How are we going to buy food, Sebastian?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I expected at least a little bit of gold left. But no, you said
3: have fun.
0: Yeah, you dumped your whole wallet. We're gonna use the whole wallet.
3: We had a great time.
2: Yeah, I was giving it to you guys to help out a little bit. I didn't think it was gonna be all of our money.
3: Look at all the stuff we got. We
2: couldn't have gotten everything if it
0: wasn't for you. You paid for not even a third of it.
3: And now we're all even.
1: How am I gonna buy food? We have berries. I have jerky. What what kind of flavor is that anyway? It is very blank. It's uh. This is actually this
0: actually looks a lot like my my buddy Omni. Gave me when we got out there, right before. Damn, that was right before the abduction. That's crazy. Anyway, if I remember correctly, it's good. It's like, like a natural teriyaki flavor, like one that you'd find, like a mushroom teriyaki.
1: Well, I guess we could we could just chow down and sit on a bench by like the fountain or something. Is there a couch in like our dorm room area? You guys have like a seating area.
3: Have we seen Kingsley? <gasps> We should talk to Matthias and Kingsley about everything that we just
2: talked about, right? Yeah, we should go find Kingsley and Matthias right now.
1: Matthias and Kingsley mentioned that they would be waiting in the dorms later that night. So we still got time. We'll go chat with Matthias and Kingsley. If they're not there yet, we can see if they have a cafeteria. (laughs) Free university food. It's all fish. Blue, do you eat fish? No. Oh. It's an animal, dude. Uh,
3: Some people like say they're vegan and then still eat fish. Those are liars.
0: Yeah, Presbyterians. Presbyterians? Presbyterian? Isn't that like a religion? No, it's when you only eat fish. What does religion
1: have to do with fish? Oh my god.
0: Well, there's a lot to do with fish, actually. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Like
0: Catholics, Episcopalians, like all of them, they all have something with fish.
3: To the university.
0: Yeah, let's go chill in the dorms, see if there's food, see if Kingsley and Matthias are there. And if not, just fucking sit for a bit, because...
1: Damn. Yeah, we need it.
0: Just go to the dorm.
1: Dorm room chilling. You walk by. A couple of people look up at you and look down. It's like, oh my god, I saw them. And then you just hear someone from across the room yell, Sebastian! Finger guns. Finger guns (laughs) back as you guys head towards your dorm.
3: Why did you get a shout out?
1: Yeah, what the hell? Listen... I connect with the fans, okay? What did you guys do?
3: I look like a badass dragon, bro. I connect with my fans all the time.
0: Hey, hey, guys, you go, you guys live in the limelight everywhere else, let him have his day in the sun.
1: Let me bask in my glory, please. He's just asking. I'm not jealous at all. You guys will get fans too, someday. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> You take some time, you eat your food, you hang out for a bit before knocks on the door kingsley walks in oh hey guys
3: Uh, i'm just wide-eyed staring at him like oh my god 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 God."
2: what um (sighs) what
1: what and he starts rubbing his face like trying to look for something on his face you're okay buddy you're okay just just
2: come sit down We, we gotta have a talk real quick What? I just got done with class. I'm tired. Yeah, that's fine. You can go take a nap in a minute, okay? You gotta go talk to some people. We gotta talk to you first.
1: Give you the lowdown.
2: Kingsley, where's your mom and dad? New Mexico. Were you adopted? Are they your real parents? I think so. You think? I don't have any reason to believe they're not.
3: Do they look like you?
2: Not really. When you were reading the spell during the last recording did you feel anything
1: i mean there were different words and then obviously after i said the second one i started having you know heart racing like it's the end of the movie it's the last scene like it's
2: it's a big impactful and i was just like thinking real hard but that same feeling that you had during the second time have you had that at any other point in your life have you had an experience like that before have you ever had weird Things happen that you can't explain about yourself. Like that? No.
3: Anything happened when you were angry or or scared? Like at the zoo when your aunt and uncle brought you and but didn't want to bring you, and they were yelling at you, and then your your cousin was rapping on the glass against the the snakes, and then the glass disappeared and he fell into the snake room.
1: Blueberry, I wasn't in that movie. What movie? What? So... Chet, I don't... I don't really know, I thought I had a pretty normal life, but... Something about those colors, when we got transported... Seemed familiar. How? I don't know, I had like a sense of... Deja vu.
2: Did you feel like you were at home on Earth? I mean, nobody really cared about me until I was a movie star. That's a hard question, this isn't a therapy session! I know it's not. I don't think you know who you are. Maybe. Maybe.
3: I've been convinced for a real long time.
2: And now I'm
0: beginning to be convinced. Does the name slash word Zen mean anything to you? I'm not big into yoga.
3: I don't know, I think you're a pretty Zen guy.
1: Je I think you should just rip the band aid off.
2: <laughs> Xander, do you have any pictures of of the two?
0: That's a traumatizing thing to show someone out of out of the blue.
1: Well, okay. He doesn't know that they're his parents. <laughs> S- S- Sebastian,
2: sorry. My parents are here. No, no, kind of. Um, not those parents. Not from New Mexico, buddy. You might. God, guys, how do we how do we do this?
3: You might be adopted and originally from here.
2: Kind of a god,
0: and your parents. Uh, at least one of them is a god. Was this, like, supposed to be a
2: successful prank, or...? We're not kidding, man. How old are you? 49. You turn in 50 soon? Yeah. Were you born in 69?
1: Nice. Yeah.
2: Did your parents ever tell you how you were born, anything about your birth? Like, what hospital you were born at? No, no, there's no hospital in Lake Arthur. What? That makes sense. Small town in the desert.
3: Have we talked about where the spell came from? The words? Who wrote them? Who added them to the script?
2: Did you add them yourself, Kingsley? So, the director came to me. Ah, there it is. He
1: asked if I liked the final scene, because we had to reshoot it. Yeah. He said he wanted to change some things. So, I wasn't supposed to tell, because, like, you know, Cliff, he 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 likes all the glory.
3: Writer credits, yeah.
1: And he said, hey... Could you, like, help me? Like, we're just going to rewrite this. And so I picked some words that I liked, and I thought it sounded cool. And then he was like, well, I think you should help in designing the staff for the final scene. And we're going to just CGI it, because I didn't like the old one. Well, my, my mom always had this long wood rod over top of our fireplace. <gasps> and so I brought that one in, and he said it's perfect so
3: where is that now did that come with you
1: oh they the magistrate took it a long time ago
4: oh oh fuck oh oh no oh god
2: yeah we're just kind of sad because it was my mom's did you feel different when you had that staff with you compared to now felt more at home Ah, oh, shit
4: hey what
1: do you think of what do you think of balls and cups kingsley i'm
3: sorry
2: what where are you going with this man
3: Kendama.
1: Yeah, that the cup thing with the string, and then there's a ball. You go whoop, get it in the little. Oh, um, I'm not very good at them, but they're okay. Why? Yeah, there was one at your old home. That's all. Oh, just what I remembered.
3: I mean, literal infant infants can't.
1: Who was playing with it then, Blueberry? His parents.
3: Yeah, I've met adults who play with kendama.
2: So, so here's the thing. I'm confused. How am I adopted? Kixley we're not positive yet but uh
1: well that would kind of
2: make sense my dad needed a liver
1: transplant and then somehow i wasn't a match oh and you never questioned
3: that and you thought that was just like family drama like oh no (laughs) mom cheated
1: well i mean i'm not gonna i didn't want to bring up anything scary and like they didn't know i got
2: tested so we have a suspicion that your parents are not your parents. I mean, they're your parents, but they're not like your parents' parents.
3: Biological. So we think your parents adopted you when you were quite small because somehow you came through a portal from Fendrea as a baby. And you have been magic- your whole life because you were the child of a very, 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 very powerful mage.
1: Oh, nice to meet you, Zen. I'm Sebastian. So, what? He takes some time and you can see his eyes are even starting to tear up as he's trying to figure out really what's happening and he kind of goes quiet for a moment.
3: Do you know who Ilana is? Have you been filled in?
1: I had to learn about her when I was in the Magistrate prison.
3: Well, she had a twin of sorts, and we think that was your
1: mom.
0: Surprise, she's your aunt.
1: Oh. Can I have a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. He rushes into one of the other rooms and slowly closes the door. As you hear the front door open. Students, you are here before I expected. Surprise. Where is Maynard?
3: <sighs> He's having a moment. We just gave him some big news.
1: I didn't know if he got his uh, test results back. No, not that. Okay. So, how did your meeting with the Starweavers go? Great, check out my mittens. Okay.
3: Look at my bracelet gem.
1: Ooh, spooky mask.
2: Ooh, yeah. So yes, Airkey's great. He's one of a kind, really. He made my pants. Oh. I stand next to him and I just say, I, I got a new sword. It makes my butt look really big. What do you think? It looks great. Huh. <laughs> and I go run over to the couch. So students,
1: how are we getting you to the Lost plane?
0: We got a quest list to get through. It's a hell of a to-do list. We gotta freaking stop a drug cartel. We gotta fix the rotting land. We need to go to the ice village
1: after we get rid of the curse. Yucatán, that the Yucatan
3: Peninsula, but it's cold.
0: So we got like a whole bunch of things to do. But but Akeem's got us covered. They're working on figuring shit out. So, and what do you need from me? Teach Kingsley. Keep his head on straight, because right, we just dropped a whole big ball on him that he's adopted and his real mom is a god.
1: What? Supposedly. That's a lot to take in. Why don't you tell me what you are and aren't telling Matthias?
3: I think we tell him absolutely everything.
1: Probably everything. You take some time, tell Matthias all about Kingsley, possibly being Zen, all that stuff. You tell him the story of Auchendoth Mountain and that he believes that working with Veroso is a good idea to just at least keep Helios safe so that you all can have somewhere safe, especially now if Zen is this important person. If the Magistrate hears that in any way or knows of where Zen is, that this is going to be a very important place to keep safe. This takes some time, turns to dusk. Maynard comes out of the room, gives like a little nod. Thank you, uh, everybody. I, I- I- still have a lot of thinking to do, but I also have a- an exam tomorrow, so... I'm going to retire to my room for the night... And...
0: We'll see. Let us know if you need anything.
1: Students, I will take Maynard tomorrow. I will set up a time with the Starweavers, and... I think him and I should go over what we want to say, and... The information we really want to give. I-, I think that will be
2: best bet, yeah.
3: We were told to be careful with the Star Weavers. We don't know where their allegiances lie.
2: Is it Veroso? Veroso warned us.
1: Well, he also warned us not to trust him either. So, like, all of them. I would agree. I would not trust the Starweavers if we don't have to. I believe they're good people. I believe they believe in Helios as a whole, but I also have not been here very long. So, we will tell them what they need to know, and that's it.
3: Hoping we can at least trust them with Desiderius' staff.
1: I don't see that being an issue. And I will always be around to protect Maynard. And he leaves you, bid you goodnight, and it is now just the uh, four of you.
4: What a day!
1: What a day indeed. Jed almost killed one of us, damn! I'm shocked you didn't say a name, Jet. I would've.
2: I, I didn't kill anybody. I I didn't do a single thing. You would you'd rather kill us all?
1: Yeah. Can we talk about that first off? Yeah. I, okay. All right. Just say a name, Jet. Goddamn. Hold on. Next
0: time, just kill me. Just say me. Hold on.
3: Yeah. If we get in that situation, you gotta do something. You can't just let us all die.
2: We're not gonna be in that situation. That's not gonna happen. Well,
3: if it does, I'm just saying.
2: It's not gonna. I won't
0: let it happen. Literally, the point of a hypothetical is so so that you like it's not happening. But it
2: might
1: prep yourself for the future. The future is say Xander.
2: Yeah, just it's fine. <laughs> but I don't I don't want that. Why would I want him dead? Or or once I once I get true restoration, just
0: kill Sebastian. I'll bring him back. It's all good. Yeah,
3: kill yeah. Now the new answer is kill Sebastian, so we all get healing, and then Xander will bring him back.
2: I'm okay with that. It's so easy. I'm not gonna kill. One of my best friends. I'll be back. It's okay.
0: (laughs) It's not goodbye. It's just BRB. But what if that ends with JK? Oh. Oh.
4: (laughs) I think that's the clip for for the (laughs) ad. Oh,
1: God.
3: Speaking of the honesty hour, um Xander, who's she?
1: Yeah, why was he so vague during that?
0: Um Yeah, uh um well, I was planning on telling you guys about this eventually, I guess. But I haven't because I haven't really told anyone ever. And I just I, I don't know. It this is one of those I don't mean to get real for a second, but, you know, someday Jet might kill me. Um, so I don't want to have things that I don't talk about.
1: It seemed like it got to you. And I just want to make sure that it's... that you're
4: okay.
2: And that doesn't seem to happen often with you, too.
0: Yeah, no, it, and... I, uh, yeah, I've got to... I think i got to start a little bit earlier before just saying who she was. I want to, I I'm just going to start from the beginning of it. My parents, you know, my parents are rich. That's, uh, that's something that you guys know, right? We had a pretty big house, had a, a house caretaker, someone that would clean the house and they lived in a cottage that was like on a property. So they were always nearby and it was a dad and he had a daughter. And when we were like, I don't know, real little, me and the daughter, we were best friends. Uh, grew up together. We went to the same school and we were like 12, 13. Her dad died and she didn't have any other family. And I like just begged my parents to take her in as just another kid in the house. And they were like pretty hesitant because they didn't want to have to deal with another kid. But like I just wouldn't let up. This was someone that I really cared about, needed to have them be taken care of. So they adopted her and, um, it kind of just like continued like that. Like we were, we were real close this whole experience through like middle school, high school. Eventually went to college together out in California. And feelings can be weird. We were just, we were so close that we ended up kind of developing pretty strong feelings for each other that were maybe kind of like inappropriate for the situation we were in. Eventually, When we went home for Christmas one time, my uh, parents kind of picked up on that. They started noticing that it was like, it just wasn't normal for them, I guess, because we grew up together. Like we were all in the same house. We were, we were essentially like siblings. My parents ended up giving me an ultimatum, like you need to stop doing this. You need to, you need to stop using our money, going to a school for a degree That we don't support and influencing your sister to do the same. Everything that you're doing right now is just not how we want to see our kids grow up. Can you, uh, you need to stop. And if you don't drop out or change your major or something, we're going to stop supporting Selena. She's not our real daughter. We've cared about her forever, but we care about you more and we care about your future more than anything. I flipped out. You know, I left that night. I didn't look back. When I got back to California, I I kind of had to agree with them. Like, I, let, I had to push her away. I had to get her to go home because I knew that she wouldn't be able to survive without our parents, like, supporting her. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell her about that. I couldn't say that to her. She wouldn't have understood. She would have stayed with me and then would have been in a, in a huge mess so I just I did everything I could to push her away. I started I was mean, I was cruel even to the point where she finally just left. She went home, dropped out of college, just disappeared one day. And um it's probably the hardest thing I ever had to had to do. But I know that she's doing better now without me around. Because, like, my parents are still there for her. I hope, at least. I, don't know, I haven't talked to any of them since then.
1: That was the last time you heard from her?
0: Yeah. About eight years, I think. So, uh, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. That year is where I, I just changed. I had to be someone different. That was when Alex died and Xander was born.
3: You went by Alex.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and no, my uh, my full name... No, I'm not going to say that, because that's too many names. My real name...
3: Wait, how long is your full name?
0: Seven names. <gasps> oh, my God.
3: Wait, I want to know.
0: Fucking... All right. Uh, my, my full name is Alexander Gunderson Underwood Castello Cedric Inca Shellstrop.
1: Whoa. So is that like one first name and like six middle names or like...
3: Oh, that's Gucci. I see.
1: Yeah. Oh. Did your parents invent Gucci? No, nah, they're in
0: real estate. Oh. It's a lot of family names. But, you know, after that year, that was a hell of a year. That was like, you know, started off with completely losing my family to being abducted and then changing my whole trajectory in college. And then like the world didn't end, which was, that was heartbreaking. That was fucking. Oh, my God. You're sad about that, dude. It, yes. Did you just hear about the year that I had?
2: Doesn't mean the world needs to end for everybody.
0: Yeah. But like then it's not my fault. Like if I, I wouldn't have to deal with my problems anymore and it's not my fault in doing so.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yes, let everybody die so that you don't have any problems. Cool, 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 cool.
0: Sounds familiar, Jay. Of all the people to give me lip about that right now, are you serious? Okay, I,
1: I... Xander, I know that you said, or at least you think, she's better off, but do you think you are too?
0: I don't think it matters as much. I mean, I've been able to pursue all the things I've ever wanted to do. Are you happy?
2: Yeah, it doesn't make you happy in the end. Are you happy?
0: Now I think I am. But it feels really selfish to say that. Being able to do all the things that I wanted to do with my life was it was great, but I was only able to do it because it was just me. Like I didn't have to worry about providing for anyone else. And I never felt bad about that. But at the same time, you know, I was pretty lonely. And so I probably wasn't happy for a while. But then something happened, and now we're here. And now I've got three really good friends. Four, sorry, Nomura. We're involved in a lot of shit. But I'm not alone I'm a lot happier now than I was a month ago.
1: Has being here and going through so many life-changing experiences, life and death experiences, do you think you'll reach out to her when you get home? Or are you cut ties forever?
3: Right. It's how old must she be now? She might probably doesn't have to depend on your parents anymore
1: doesn't have to be over.
0: I guess. I don't know. Maybe. You're probably right. You know, it's been eight years. So I'm sure she's probably moved on from one thing or the other. But who's to say that she's forgiven me? I I had to, you know, I, I acted like a dickhead to get her
2: to go away. You have to realize you did it. For her better good in the end, too. She'd understand. It hurts. It's hard on both of you, but you did what was best for her in the end, but you also need to do what's good for you as well. And I think with enough time passing by, it might be something that you should look towards doing. Reconnecting. Maybe even explaining why things went the way they did. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, I know you're right. For now... We kind of, we got some more pressing matters. We got to get home first, right? I'm going to put my mental energy towards that. And hopefully we don't have to do any more exams where my past gets brought up and I have to deal with things. At least for a little while. So that we can kind of focus on some other stuff.
3: I'm sorry. Your parents weren't willing to see nuance in
0: something different generations, you know. I can't blame them too much. I I was I wasn't the best kid growing up and I spent a lot of their
2: money. So that's just me making excuses. Your your parents shouldn't affect love though. My mom always accepted everybody that I brought home. My father not so much. Okay, so I I, I kind of get where you're coming from here, but you can't let them get in the way of your true feelings in the end and who you Truly are. Yeah.
0: Speaking of feelings, thank you for uh, letting me share something that I haven't been able to talk about uh, really ever.
1: Thank you for opening up about it. It feels nice for once, doesn't it? Yeah, and given how much...
0: Stuff has recently come up about me. I feel bad hiding anything from you guys now just in case it's going to literally bite you in the ass.
3: You're still a werewolf.
0: I'm a fucking werewolf. We haven't,
1: I don't know what to do with that. Oh God, wait, we're closer to the moon now. We're in the sky.
2: You could see the realization come back in Jet's eyes and he kind of like backs a little bit further on the couch, further away from (laughs) Xander.
3: Don't go to the window, Xander.
2: Wait, but what if we, can we, do you guys want to,
0: experiment?
3: No, no, no. It's okay.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to
1: feel it. <laughs> how,
3: how are we doing on resources?
1: Are you okay with me hurting you?
3: Matthias isn't that far away. If it worse comes to worse, I'm pretty good on resources right now. I, I'm set. None of us are particularly hurt. I feel
1: like this is a good time to do it. We can control him it's it's okay like you know we, we don't need to if see you're it. spooked go in your room
0: i just opened up let me like let me breathe i
1: gotta get out like i gotta let this he's getting the wolves out mentally and physically
3: let's see how much he can control it
1: i think we just let him loose and see what happens and then if if he gets feral i think you and i together can control him
3: i've got a movable rod
1: i yeah i think we do it here i don't want to do it outside i think that's going to cause too much We've caused enough caution here.
0: We'll just let the RA know. We'll go outside in the quad. Then like, we can have other people to help if we need it. No!
1: We are the RAs right now. Go soak up the moonlight, Xander. Okay.
3: I'm gonna walk up. I'm gonna be standing in front of Xander with the immovable rod like out in front of me.
1: I have a spell prepped, but I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I haven't used it yet. Only if he gets feral.
0: Okay, I'll go over to the window and open it.
1: You see the moons, three in a row, lots of moonlight coming in, just bathing you in it. And you look up and you start to feel a little bit different. And how Bray described it, you almost feel like you're in touch with yourself, but almost a more natural, more angry part of yourself. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh, no. I'm going to forget what spell I was (laughs) going to use. write it in your notes. Write it down. Write it down. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you all for joining our Patreon. I know you already did earlier in the episode, so I'm just giving you like a late thank you now. So go enjoy all of that bonus content. Patreon.com slash castparty. We got behind the scenes where we talk about every episode, as well as the after party, where we have a bunch of other TTRPG content, and you'll love every single one of them. Go get started now while you wait for the next episode, which will be in two weeks. And we will see where this story goes.
0: Ah.
4: Yeah,
1: It's time to become a whale.
0: No!
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. 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 Shopping always takes me back to my trips to the Dubword Mall with my friends in middle school. I'd meet up with Sainty Love and Eric Five almost every single Friday after we finished up at school. We'd hit up Hot Topic for our favorite bass drop and War torn Night shirts, then grab some frozen yogurt at the Polyamorous Swirl. Ebab always tried to tag along, but sometimes their parents wouldn't let them. Something about us and Lady Lorax being bad influences. Pfft, we were the best freaking kids. Like, sure, we accidentally lit Jesky Fire's shed on fire once, but how was I supposed to know that Ash gave us knockoff fireworks? Yeah, whatever. We'd usually try to find New York while we were walking around. They always gave us discounts when we were looking for some new shoes at Runners, It was sick. But Week would always buy shoes that were, like, three sizes bigger than what he usually wore. I never understood why. Oh, and we can't forget Lexi forcing everyone to get soft pretzels every single time before we left but Frankie would always give us the
4: hookup on some extra cinnamon sugar pretzels. It was kind of awesome. Dang, I miss home.